0: Hey y'all and welcome to the Keeping It Center podcast. I'm your host Jaquetta Gilbert. This is a space for women who want help keeping God at the center of their marriage, their role as a mom, and while using their gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. This is for real women with real issues serving a real God who holds us in the palm of his hand. So if you're ready to take off the facade, woman up to your imperfections and invite our father in every part of your beautiful mess, girlfriend, you're in the right place.
1: Welcome everyone to the final episode of season three of the Keeping It Center podcast. I'm so so excited today because we have an amazing guest, Miss Mimi L. Pack. How you doing, girl?
2: Doing good, doing good. Thank you. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. Like this is great.
1: Well, I'm so glad that we were able to link up and do this chat today, and I've been stalking you on Instagram for a little bit now, but that doesn't mean everybody listening knows who you are, so i like for you to just start out letting us know who you are and a little bit about what you do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, hi, everybody. My name is Mamie L. Pack. I am um, a wife i mama to all fellas. I am an educator by trade, um, focusing on diversity, uh, minority studies, mentoring. Mentoring is really at the heart of so much of what I do. Um, but I'm also a writer. Um, and so I have my own blog. I also have my own business, MLP Media. So I kind of have my, my hands in multiple places, but it's it's all great. Like, it's such joy um, to be able to um, serve so many people and to connect with people in so many
1: different ways
2: and so many different places.
1: Awesome, awesome. I had no idea about your background like that um, with teaching and, and focusing on diversity and, and things of that nature. Um, I knew about your, your shop, though, because I did see – you had a separate mm-hmm. account for that. So that's cool to learn something new about you. Yes.
2: I actually have a, a Ph.D. In, English, um, in education. Get so, it, girl. What? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I love. And that's part of the reason, like, with my blog, I'm very intentional in mm-hmm. giving people steps that so they can walk mm-hmm. away from to be able to apply because that's, that's the teacher in me. I want you to be successful. I want to mm-hmm. I want to equip you to be able
1: to to do your own work. Um, right. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't know if you knew, but I'm an educator as well. No. Um, going into yes, this August I'll be starting my 12th year in education. That's <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, I started out as a high school French teacher, and now I'm a school counselor. So that's awesome. Awesome, oh,
2: awesome. I started out high school English teacher,
1: and now mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. go to the
2: college level. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome.
1: Okay. Well, we might need to have a separate conversation about transferring to higher ed, so I'll, yes, I'll pin that for anytime. another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. I love that you are still using uh, your teaching gifts, not just – in the college realm, but you know you're you're pulling it into what you're doing online, in um, your your sharing of your posts, your encouragement to so many wives and moms online, and I was just curious what made you decide to start encouraging other women online?
2: Yeah, um, so many years ago when our I have four sons when our um, we had our Third son, I had to have an emergency C-section with him, and um, we were in a new city. I'm a Navy wife, so we had just transferred, and for the first time in my adult life, I was not working, which that was a huge transition. So when you put all of those things together, those were major events that happened all at once. Right. Um, and so I actually, because I was not working. I had time to do something I was very passionate about, which was writing. like i I've loved writing since I was a little girl, and so I started a blog then, and then life happened. I walked away from it. I was supposed to be a pause, but I made it a stop, and that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> and so God had stirred back up that that He put this gift in me. And that, that mm-hmm. it was not meant to be on a shelf; that it was meant to be used as ministry. And so I started writing again, and I was very adamant about no social media. I I had this like, I don't like social media. I'm not going to do this. Um, mm-hmm. And then, my, what really turned around for me is when I saw social media as an extension of ministry. And so mm-hmm. when I recognized that what I share on Facebook or Instagram or wherever I go, it's just another opportunity for me to be able to draw people closer to Christ. It's another opportunity for me to let another woman know that she's not alone. It's an opportunity for me to let, you know, another mom know like this difficult space that you're in with your kid will not always be there, you know. So I realize I'm in control of the relationship I choose to have with social media and I choose Mm -hmm. to use it for drawing people to Christ and when I did that it made the encouragement piece easy because it was just like me having coffee with a friend you know Mm -hmm. um and that that made a difference so I don't necessarily see myself talking to thousands of people as much as it is me sitting down and having a chat with one of my close friends and like girl let me tell you and you know, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So that's why I really kind of was like, I, this is an important opportunity to be able to minister to somebody I may not have the opportunity to minister to in person.
1: Right. Right. I really took a lot of nuggets away from what you just said because I think for many of us, we just have this fear of being in the spotlight, the fear of, you know, all the thousands of things that could go wrong. And I know I, I, I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> also, I have had those fears. And, um, you know, I think a verse that my daughters and I, you know, we do Bible study during the weekdays, especially now that school's out, and one verse that comes to mind is the one about how, you know, when we work, we should work as if we're working unto God. You know, our focus yeah. is on God, not on, you know, us getting the attention, us being the focus. It's all about doing work for him and and uplifting his name. And so I think Mm -hmm. when we take that focus off of ourselves, like you said, it does become easier to encourage other people.
2: And it definitely will highlight um, some of the ugly places in you as Mm -hmm. well. So Mm -hmm. for those of us like myself, you know, I'm a reformed people pleaser. Um, you know, this, this, I'm <laughs> right there with you. Okay. So, yes, so those areas that, that we may not realize are still there. Um, mm-hmm. you'll find that sometimes social media will have a, that, that can be a, a tool of highlighting areas that we need to continually bring before God. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the fear of the follow the unfollow, you know, right. do I say this? If I say this, this could, cause these people not to want to follow me and, and things like that. And so it really, for me, um, helps keep me stay accountable that what is the heart behind what I'm posting? Right. You know, what is, what is the purpose of this? Is this a- about me wanting people to like Mamie and mm-hmm. me drawing people only into Mamie? Or mm-hmm. am I posting about this because this is something God first worked out in me, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then God is just sharing through me. Um, right. So it – but it'll show you. It'll show you if whatever those <laughs> unhealthy relationships, you know, things that you have with people, um, that doesn't just go away because you decide, oh, I'm going to use this for Christ. It really right. is I still have to continuously go before Christ so that mm-hmm. what I'm doing, sharing, is – is, is not, I'm not getting caught up in the hype.
1: Right, right. And, and I love that because, you know, I feel as if we live in such a performance-based culture, um, yes. you know, doing things for the likes, for the shares, for the saves. And, you know, um, that's something God had to talk to me about as well when I started this ministry um, on mm-hmm. Instagram and I was thinking of goals because, um, you know, you want to make sure you've got goals for what you're yep. doing and, and make sure you're on the straight and narrow. Um, and, and one of my goals was, you know, should I have like a follower count that I'm aiming for? Should I, you know, that kind of thing. And and God deliberately said to me, it's not about the numbers. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's not yep. about the numbers. That is not the focus of what I want you to do. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's really that that helped me remember, hey, I got to put my focus Mm -hmm. on God. It it doesn't matter who's liking, who's not liking. As long as I'm doing what God's told me to do and saying what he's told me to say, that's all that matters (laughs) at the end of the day.
2: And, you know, if if we're going to focus on a number, it needs to be the one. You know, like
1: he left the
2: 99 for the one.
1: And so when
2: we are, are doing ministry, and that's why for me, never alone is so personal because it it is about changing the one, helping mm-hmm. the one. You know, helping the, the one person feel seen. The one person letting them know like God is with you, He loves you, He's for you. Um, and so we would focus more on the one than we are so focused on the thousands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that radically transforms our hearts.
1: Right. And
2: rem- and it helps us to remember that we were once the one. That, yeah. God, what, what,
1: yeah. that God came for. So, yeah. hmm So something you put on Instagram a while ago, you had this quote, and it said, God didn't call me to a life of performance. He called me to a life of purpose. Um, yes. Why do you think so many of us women struggle with performing? And, um, you know, what does it look like to be a woman after God's own heart?
2: That's a really good question. Um, So some of it I think is cultural, you know, where Mm -hmm. um, the the family in which we're raised and things along that nature. I come from, my background, very strong women, Um, Mm -hmm. women who are educated, who have strong careers, um, things along that nature. So it was very normal for me to not just go get my bachelor's degree, but I'm going to get my bachelor's degree, I'm going to get my master's, I'm going to get my PhD, I'm going to do this, I'm going to – you know, like the whole idea of, of being um, a hard worker, strong, you know, this strong work ethic is very familiar to me. Um, but I've learned that we can be so caught up in the performance and then the titles that come along with the performance that we completely yeah. miss out on the purpose God had for, for us. And I really didn't realize how much that was a part of me until I became a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. When when um, I was teaching, God had called me to come home, to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I out and out told the Holy Spirit, no. I didn't even talk it over with my husband. I was just like, no, I'm not doing this. I, at that point, I had two degrees. And I loved mm-hmm. teaching. Like, it wasn't like I'm walking away from a career I hate. I enjoyed every day of being in the classroom. I felt like I was, I had an impact. And, um, so again, the Holy Spirit is so gentle, right? God is just such a gentleman, <laughs> just, just mm-hmm. knocking again and was like, you need to come home. And again, I was like, no. So six months, the Holy Spirit and I went back and forth about this issue <laughs> before I even <laughs> said anything to my husband. And so I finally came, I sat in the car one day and I cried and I just told all my fears to the, to God. And I was like, this is, I'm afraid of this. i have I've never been an adult that didn't work. At least one job. It's not more than one. You know, I don't know who I am beyond the title of a teacher, of this, of that. And I'm like, I don't know what to do as a stay-at-home mom. No, I didn't know any women who stayed at home. Like, that was foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think many women, we have these influences that tell us that we should perform. And, and some women, it's Even when we become stay-at-home moms, it's like we gotta be the stay-at-home mom that does cupcakes from scratch, and we need to have these Pinterest parties, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you know, it's all these things to like be something, and and so then we we minimize. Oh, I'm just. I don't like that word just. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just Mm -hmm. this, as if being a mother is not full time ministry. You know, being mm-hmm. a wife is in full time ministry. Like that is a a calling all in of itself. So mm-hmm. during that time at home, I really went before God and said, "Help me to unlearn this performance based idea of myself, and help me to see my purpose in You." And this was like this was on a quick journey. This was a couple of years worth of journey, of of walking where people didn't know you know, Mamie Pack, a teacher at that point, master's degree, all this, I was, you know, so-and-so's wife and I was so-and-so's mama, you know. Um, (laughs) And I felt very unseen. I felt very unseen, Mm -hmm. very frustrated. And I recognized that was because God was showing me that I was allowing myself to be defined by what I did, not who he already called me. And so it's really unlearning behavior, you know, that the, our mothers, our grandmothers, all of these things have taught us these are the things to do and do by this age and have by this, you know, mark. Um, so really unlearning the world's concept, which is performance, to mm-hmm. accepting kingdom mindset, which is the purpose that he gave us when we came in. Like he already calls us loved and chosen and beloved and blessed and like this is already who I am I don't have to perform to get any of that I don't have to jump through hoops I don't have to to make sure that I'm like there early with my organic cookies like I don't have to do any of that you know it is something he places on me because I'm his you know I'm his daughter and when we have that mindset of this is who I already am, then that influences the work we do. So we're no Mm -hmm. longer working to strive. We're working because it is kingdom principle, and this is my assignment that God has given me now. And Mm -hmm. that changes everything. At least it changed everything for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew, girl. I already know I'm going to have to listen to this episode over for my own self. <laughs> we just started, and you already dropping all the gems. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh man, so much of that performance is ingrained, and it's like you said. And I don't know about you, but for people like me that came from families where. Um, you know, your parents did end up divorcing, I feel like that leaves another kind of impression as well because I've, I've grown up seeing a lot of strong women in my family that did follow that, that uh, performance of they're, they're strong in this area and they make yep. sure they do this and make sure they do that, and sometimes, and I'm not saying because obviously I was young and I wasn't in their marriages or anything like that, but sometimes sometimes you know, the marriages didn't always last. And mm-hmm. you had another quote on your um page that says lasting marriages occur when two people place God in the center while choosing to show up, do the work and yes. serve one another every day. And so I just wanna know what is that What does that look like for us as women, you know, um, and and, and even you as a military wife, because I know that's a whole Mm -hmm. different level of things that you have to deal with that we don't, Um, and what does that look like, and what encouragement do you have um, for women that that want those lasting marriages and they may not have had those examples growing up?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm one of those ones that didn't have the example. Um. Wow. It. Um, my husband and I have very different backgrounds. Um, in which I was raised in a, a single parent home most of my childhood. Um, and what I have come to learn is that what we think is strength is really fear. Mm. It's mm. it's really our our desire to control. Um those areas that, that we're afraid, where it's fear of rejection, fear of abandonment. Um, And so I really wasn't strong. I wanted to appear that I was strong in a sense, but it really was, but deep down, there was a part of me that felt unworthy that um, and it's funny how we can have this duality, right? Where Mm-hmm. In the professional arena, we can be this go getter that's on top of things we we are direct, but then, in our personal lives, although we come across as being strong, deep down beneath all of it is this little girl who's like, "Please love me, please want me, please say I'm good enough mm-hmm. um, and and when we don't recognize that little girl inside of us that's broken, um, that's hurting, we take her into our marriages. Yeah. And so when, when conflict happens, when, um, you know, disagreements, different things come up because you have two people with two different backgrounds, different experiences, different cultures, all these different things merging into one household, um, that's a lot all by itself. But when you yeah. don't recognize <laughs> you have you have this this little girl inside of you, the grown woman will be ugly to protect oh. the little girl. the grown yeah. woman will be abrasive be short, and all this because we don't recognize our brokenness we don't yeah. we don't recognize the hurt, and so for me um. I, I did that in the early years of my marriage. My husband is Lord knows I could not have prayed for him. I didn't even know men like him existed.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> and
2: and the way that he loved me has has been transformative for me. Um so the some of the issues that we had, and I remember, like, we would have, I call it intense fellowship. I don't, you know, we would have these intense fellowship moments, and I would sit on the bed, and I'm like, God, make him apologize. He's wrong. You saw what happened. <laughs> he needs to, you know, he needs to come in here and apologize to me, you know, kind of stuff. I'm having my adult temper tantrum. And mm-hmm. every, almost every time the Holy Spirit would tell me I need to go apologize. And I'm like, no. It's funny, I'm very, like, direct with the Holy Spirit, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but in time, what I was finally able to receive from the Holy Spirit was that this was not an us work that needed to happen. There was a work that needed to happen in me so Mm -hmm. that we could be a healthier us. And that was not work my husband could do for me. That was not work anyone can do for me. It was work that I had to do, and that meant taking responsibility, you know, unpacking my trauma, you know, and how that was impacting my, my marriage, unpacking my fear, um, unpacking, you know, all these things, because I was, without being aware, I was sabotaging my marriage because mm-hmm. there was a part of me that believed I wasn't worth loving, that one day my husband will wake up and realize, oh my gosh, I still made a mistake. We're marrying this lady, you know. That was that fear of abandonment and things. So when we're not aware, one that that is there, then and we're not willing to do the work toward healing, um, then that creates an infection in our marriages. So mm-hmm. I really encourage wives that sometimes what we think is an us issue really is a you issue. It Mm -hmm. is going Mm -hmm. before God, um, being willing to see yourself, allowing the Holy Spirit to help uproot some of those things, and and then walking together. And so I did let my, you know, as I would go through things, I did talk to my husband. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm over here doing this work, and he had no idea. Um, But I would go to him and say, hey, you know, the Holy Spirit revealed, and we would talk. Um, And, he was he saved space for me so I was able to to talk about these ugly things and process these things. Um and but he could not convince me I was loved. I had to already believe that God loved me and in receiving that God had already loved me, it opened the door for me to really understand the fullness to which my husband loved me. And Mm -hmm that was just, I was overwhelmed, you know, overwhelmed by Christ's love for me, overwhelmed by my husband's love for me. And it creates a whole nother level of intimacy, another level mm-hmm. of appreciation. Um, And when you start doing your own work, you stop trying to change other people because you realize I need to do some stuff with me. Right. Um. <laughs> you know, so, it's, it's very important that we take the time out to to do our own work toward healing because when we don't its it's not just impacting our marriages but it's overflowing into who we are as mothers, into our relationships and friendships and with family it it just it goes everywhere.
0: At keeping it centered, we love sharing stories of real women who've overcome tough challenges all by God's grace. Do you know someone with a story who could help Christian wives, moms, and difference makers grow in their faith walk? If so, send your suggestion to keeping it centered at gmail dot com. Now back to our show.
1: I feel like you're my twin from another mom. <laughs> like I've known you my whole life and you're just like (laughs) reading me like (laughs)
0: oh Oh gosh
1: I did not expect all this but this is beautiful this is a blessing and I hope anybody listening is blessed too I'm grateful (laughs) thank you
2: yes yeah you were talking about about... oh go ahead Go ahead. go ahead. go ahead you go ahead (laughs)
1: No, I was just going to say you were talking about how it just not realizing the issues that we have um, can affect and spill over virtually into every part of our life, and it's so funny you say that because I literally have had this conversation with my husband quite a bit, Um, and it's honestly the reason why I started going to Christian therapy is because, I just realized I couldn't do it on my own. And like you were saying, I, my husband couldn't fix it for me, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do yeah. it. I had to decide, okay, I'm really going to take this time to do the work and work on the issues that I've been seeing over and over again, and it's not going away just because I don't talk about it. It's not going away. So, you yeah. know, I just had to make that conscious decision to say, okay, let's do this, Lord. <laughs> let's let's do this. Um and I'm so grateful that I did because my husband and I both can see a lot of changes um, in the past year since I started going. Um, something, uh, one area I feel like it can also affect us in is you talked about it our intimacy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, listen, I, I found a lot of great quotes on your thing. So we're, we're, we're weaving those in, okay? So you were talking about one day. You said even in the best of marriages, we can let subtle bad habits sneak into our sex, li- sex lives, causing us to disconnect from a healthy, regular sex life in our marriage. And yeah. that hit me on that day because I would have never, I would have never thought about it that way. Um, you yeah. know. Growing up as a little girl, I can only speak from my experience. I remember, you know, women saying, well, girl, if he's not doing X, Y, and Z, you just withhold all of that good loving until he blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, blah, and, you know, all these different things. And, and, you know, you end up bringing that stuff into your marriage. And so I would like to know what are some of those subtle bad habits you think that we probably don't even think about um, and how can we break them?
2: Yeah, so I'm with you. There's a lot of things um, I remember growing up too, you know, around grandmama them and
1: mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know older
2: ladies <laughs> and this kind of stuff. Um, so the, I think there's there's many layers to what impacts intimacy. And one, I'm all about. I'm married, mm-hmm. you know, and my husband and I should enjoy a healthy sex life with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that that should be a given. Um, right. And it shouldn't be something that we are embarrassed to talk about as married Christian women, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just funny to me that it's still kind of like, oh, I don't, no, no, girl, we need to <laughs> talk about it, <laughs> you know. Um, uh-huh. and, there, and especially when there's not any medical issues,
1: Mm-hmm. You know
2: things like like there are some some very valid reasons that will impact a an actual physical sexual relationship with right. your spouse um, but the other things that kind of come in are of course now technology. you know we're taking our smartphones to bed you mm-hmm. we really have made our our technology the extra spouse. Because you'll be in bed, you have time to be intimate, but y'all both have spent that time watching TV, on your phones, and now you're like, "Well, I'm too tired." Okay, let's just kiss, pray, and go to sleep. No, <laughs> <laughs> like the time was there. You you prioritize scrolling something, and with these people, like whatever it has now. There's a person right next to you in your bed with you, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I am a night owl. So I get, I am most creative in the evening and I am guilty of this. Like I'll think of something I want to write, something I want to create. And I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, uh-huh. Ooh. And my husband has to get up early. So is, did I stay up late to do this? And then you kind of miss this one. Oh, well now it's my fault. He's sleepy. And he's like, I need to go to sleep. I got to get up uh-huh. early. Uh-huh.
1: And so then it's
2: like, Oh, you don't want me. No. Uh-huh. Like, hello. You just spent an hour on the computer. That was your time to be in. This is not. He's not rejecting you. You chose where you were going to put your time, and your right. time was not with your spouse. So where I definitely think print? that's. <laughs> you know, and that's what we got to do. The heart. I had to have that hard look at myself. You know, um, we also sabotage it by trying to use intimacy as a weapon, mm-hmm. and if your spouse does something that you disagree with, then you be an adult and you talk about it. You don't have a temper tantrum and say, cool, I told you to fold the towels. You didn't fold the towels the way I wanted you to fold the towels on my timeline (laughs) that you didn't know existed. So now that you want something, no, I'm too tired because Mm -hmm. I went and folded the towels that you didn't fold to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not okay. You're using your connection as a weapon. And so right. that's how rejection, anger, all these things subtly come into our marriages. Mm-hmm. And and so, and it's, of course, like I've had small children, like I get it, but you just have to be creative. So you mm-hmm. may not be able to, to have sex the way that you had before you added kid three. Well, you just got to be a little creative about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's good that we are having healthy sex sex lives, in our marriages. And so our children are also able to see affection. You know, my children see, you know, Stanley and I kiss on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. When he comes home, we're kissing, we're hugging. They're seeing us show affection for each other throughout the day, not just in a a ritual of you, you kiss when you come home, you kiss when you leave home, but seeing him show me affection throughout the day. Seeing me you know speak words of kindness of love, affection toward him um, and how you are throughout the day can overflow into that intimacy and I and it's communication is important. if you don't like something your spouse is doing, y'all need to talk about that. <laughs> right. And so like my husband and I we talk a lot like that was one of the things in when we were dating that we talk about anything and everything and we both agreed. That we would always talk about, even the messy stuff, because we always choose. Us. Regularly, we talk about our sex life. We we talk about what do we like, what could we change, do we need to be more frequent, do we, you know, like really talk? And that that needs to have that's healthy. Um, otherwise, your husband may not know that you want to be kissed on your on your neck if you never told him. Hey, babe, you know, like we're expecting our spouses to be these mind readers when mm-hmm. our bodies change, what we like may change. So what was sexy at 25, when you're 45, you might want something different, <laughs> you know. And, and y'all got to talk about that. Like it needs not that it has to be this humdrum conversation, but if you've created safe space for your husband to talk to you and your husband's created safe space, for you to talk to him, then you all can have these conversations um, to get to know each other. And so the lack of communication actually hurts our intimacy um, Mm -hmm. with each other and and things like that. So I'm all for regular conversation. If spontaneity does not work for your marriage, then find what does. If you need to schedule schedule something, then schedule it. Like do Mm -hmm. what works for you all, but make being connected a priority. And mm-hmm. I believe one of the other big areas is that we pour out into everybody else that we leave nothing for our spouses.
1: Yep. And so mm-hmm. we make
2: sure that all the kids are taken care of. We make sure everything on our job is done. We make sure that we volunteer. We make sure that we've served here and, you know, all these things. And then when our spouses – want to connect with us we're too tired Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and so now your spouse gets what's left over of you when really your spouse is the priority for ministry so when you understand it's God your spouse children whatever else then you understand like I make connecting with my husband a priority for me I make listening to my husband a priority I make laughing with him a priority, really building this kind of relationship, Um, and that overflows in our home. That impacts our children. That impacts the way we do our jobs. That goes everywhere else as well. So we got to be willing to go there. And so I do encourage marriage people to regularly have an intimacy check. You know, Mm -hmm. talk to one another about, do you think we're having sex enough? Are you happy mm-hmm. with the way things are? And you, and and to listen, listen, listen,
1: <laughs> and <laughs> listen
2: without offense. Don't take mm-hmm. it personal. If now they want to do, you know, no, they don't like what you like to do, or whatever the case may be, and be there for each other because your your body's changed. My body at forty, having four kids, is very different than my body when my husband married me. <laughs> Right, you know, Girl, yeah. so <laughs> exactly, and so I think those are the things where it, it's continuous, you know. Um, and you got to prioritize it like it's, it's a mm-hmm. priority for us, and it's not just one of us, but both of us, and we hold mm-hmm. each other accountable as well. When it's, we feel like we're making other things or other people a priority before our marriage mm-hmm. and before us connecting with one another, and intimacy. Sex is a part of intimacy, but it, it's all the other things, you know, um, the kissing, the hand-holding, the washing dishes, you know, like
1: mm-hmm.
2: one of the things for my husband and I, we identify the areas that stress me out. What is it that makes me feel like, oh, and he, <laughs> owns, those, he owns those areas. And so just knowing that I no longer have to really focus on those areas because he takes care of it, that opens opens up space for me to be able to focus on other things, not feel so stressed out, not all this different kind of stuff. And so that's sexy too. Like, you know, so it's it's all of these things working together. Mm -hmm. And communication really is the heart of all of it, Um, being able – and it ebbs and flows. So when we're Mm -hmm. communicating – then we're able to recognize, is this a season where maybe I need to focus more on pouring into my husband, loving on him, being more affectionate toward him? Is this a season where he needs to do that for me because of whatever the case may be? And you have to be willing to to do that, to ebb and flow continuously throughout your marriage. And and that's how you're a help me. That's how you're you're flowing as one because it's not just, I want mine. I want to take care of me. It's also how can I help you? How can I pray for you? How
1: can I walk with you? So yeah, that
2: was a really long answer.
1: <laughs> oh no no no, no, that's fine what um and i I got a lot from that. One of the things I got from that is that, um you know, like you said it's it is a lot of ebb and flow, and for me, I'm really a checklist kind of gal, and mm-hmm. so. If I, you know, feel like, okay, I've already done this part of something in my life, like, bam, I should be good, but life yeah. doesn't work like that, and I had to learn that yep. the hard way, that was a really, really hard lesson. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it, it really is, uh, like you said, that that continuous conversation that we need to be having with our spouses because we're changing, you know, not just yes. us as the, the, the woman, but our husband is changing, too, and to be mindful of his changes and, and his needs as well, um, and something that helped us is we read um, Gary Chapman's um, book of love languages, and so just knowing your, your spouse's love language, and even we've got our kids, um, our older two kids, because we've got three girls our older yeah. two kids did the uh, the kid version um, of the, mm-hmm. the quiz as well. And so, you know, just knowing how to serve one another better in that capacity helps, like you said, like, girl, that's foreplay to me. Like, if I come yeah. home and I see dinner is made, hallelujah, yes, yes. I'm, I'm feeling yes. great. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just yes. knowing each other and having those conversations, because if we don't, we're really not none of us are going to be happy, <laughs> you know? No. And it, it's and a it, shame because that's not how God wants it to be. So It's
2: not, and it's also, um, so as far as I want to talk a little bit about resources real quick for my other thoughts. So, yes, mm-hmm. Gary Chappin' the Love Languages, highly recommend. I also recommend um, Strength Finders
1: as I well like as that. Enneagram. Um, I have yet yeah. to take that. I've heard great things about it. it.
2: (laughs) Yes, I highly, highly, I do recommend the Enneagram. And so for my husband and I, we know there's areas that we really gel well together. We're very complementary. But there's areas, like most people, where we are definitely different. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: it's learning how to navigate those differences. And even the areas that we are similar, the methods, (laughs) that we walk right. out those similarities is still also um, different. And so when we, t- as um, we take all these different tests, uh, we always come up as opposites. And so my master's degree is actually in education. It's in divergent learning. And mm-hmm. I've always been interested in understanding um, how we learn, how our personalities, our behaviors, all these different things play a part in our personalities and all that kind of stuff. So, Mm-hmm. Anything I learned in my program, I would come home like, "Babe, you need to take this test."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I take this test. I need you to take this test. And every single time, we would be opposites. So, like for um, strength finders, my top five for strength finders, three of my top five are in his bottom. Wow! And so that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> when mm-hmm. we would have you know intense fellowship conversations. Because to him, he's like, it doesn't have the same significance. And it takes mm-hmm. time to find, to understand how to communicate what matters to you, what matters to him, and how to blend those things together so that you're continuously keeping in the forefront, I choose us every day. Yeah. You know, some people use those differences as an excuse. For not communicating, or or being defiant, to, for not defiant—that's not the word. For being hurtful in a marriage, mm-hmm. you know, they like, "Well, this is how I am," and this is, uh, and we use these as excuses. When no, there is a better way for you to communicate. Mm-hmm. There is, you can change, and some of those behaviors that we're doing again goes back to that little girl, their defenses. You know, mm-hmm. is it's what we're using because we've been taught sarcasm. You know, we, girl, we're yes. taught <laughs> you know, we're taught fussing. We're we're taught these things and so it just becomes a part of what we do. And it's like, well, why? Why am I fussing? Why am I using this as my method of communication? Why am I doing so again that unpacking that has to happen of understanding I can be different. I can live a different life um, because the Holy Spirit is empowering me to change. But I have to surrender first. Like I have to choose to surrender my old way of thinking, my old way of doing things, of, of saying, oh, this is who I am, and surrender and say, God, I want to be who You created me to be. I want to love the way You commanded me to love, and that help me to see this person as Your child. To to be patient and and gentle and compassionate. You know these these are cry like these are prayers. I on the side of my bed, I'm like crying. Like God, help me. Um, because I was so fixated on trying to change my
0: mm-hmm.
2: husband, instead of focusing on God, help me to love my husband, yeah. and change, and letting that be my prayer. God showed me the way He uniquely made my husband, and and I stopped being critical and really started appreciating. Lord, I thank you for His boldness. I thank you that he he fiercely covers our home. I think so. It really went from oh, why are you da da da? Lord, I thank you that he and and it became mm-hmm. this gratitude out of me because I no longer saw something that needed to be changed because I wanted control in, in my marriage, not realizing that's what I'm doing. You know, that mm-hmm. this doesn't work, he's not doing things the way I want it done, the way I think it should be done on my timetable. But the more I continue to surrender to God and, and to really surrender my attitude, my thoughts, all these things, then it really helped. It, it, it was like a veil coming off of my eyes. You know, it was this this breaking in my heart of me being able to see how precious God saw my husband. And and that helped me to also then like, wow, thank you, Lord, for this mighty man of God that you put in my life and, and I choose to love him all the days of my mm-hmm. life. And and that, that does something different. And and, that, and that's not just with your spouse. I mean it started there with my spouse, but even as we have children, we hit difficult seasons with our mm-hmm. kids where sometimes their behaviors are not lovable. (laughs) You know, we love them, but some of the things they do, it challenges every fiber of our being. But our prayer also has to be, God, let me love this child that you created. Help me to see this child the way you uniquely fashioned him. And and that that tenderizes us, and it Mm -hmm. keeps us before him, and we continue to be in a position where we can intercede, and not just be so focused on us and what they're doing to us and, and how they're impacting us. But it takes discipline. Let me tell you, <laughs> and I've messed up many times. I, I, I've had to go back many times to like, Holy spirit, forgive me, you know, mm-hmm. and go to my husband, forgive me, go to my children, forgive me. Um, mm-hmm. But it it is continuous work. But the more we do the work, the more we see the fruit of it in our marriages, we see the fruit of it in our relationship with our children and and how we are in our workplace and in our community. But it is us continuously showing up, doing the work, going before God, surrendering our will, and choosing kingdom mindset.
0: Thank you all so, so much for joining us this week for the first half of our chat with Mamie L. Pack. And I pray that you will join us next week for the second part and the conclusion of Mamie's thoughts on how we can become women after God's own heart. Thanks so much. And I pray you have a blessed week. If you've been driving along... You can find today's show notes over at www.keepingitcentered.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for The Centered Notes, our bi-weekly devotional newsletter. And follow us over at Instagram at keepingitcentered.